Hey, everybody, it's your best friends, Ryan. And Spencer. And uh, we wanted to just come at you quick and say once more, holy shit, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we just keep growing every week, and when uh, and we want to say thank you uh, for helping us grow. Uh, there's a couple ways that you guys are helping us do that. One of which is leaving us reviews and ratings on iTunes. Yes. Uh, I know it's kind of a pain to do, and you need an Apple ID, and they haven't updated anything in like 10 years, <laughs> but a lot of people go there and look for information about, about cool new podcasts. Yes. So it actually would help us out quite a bit if you've been digging the show, um, if you could go leave us a nice review and a rating and I mean an honest review I would say too if you if you yeah. don't like it uh, actually never mind go fuck yourself if you like it <laughs> leave a review if you don't just like there are 7 million other podcasts go find yeah. one that you like yeah. better yeah um, and then the other thing is just tell your friends if, if you are liking the podcast obviously a lot of you are we've been getting some tweets and some messages and it seems like Y'all are really digging it and sharing it with friends. So uh, please keep doing that. Also, it, it means a lot to us when you do. The show suggestions have been rolling in much more rapidly lately. Oh, which man. Is Every very day. much appreciated. So pre please keep those coming. And uh, obviously we won't be able to get to all of them. But uh, we've been tossing around the idea of maybe doing a, like a rapid fire Q&A listener suggestion episode every once in a while to, to just kind of run through a bunch of those. Yeah, definitely. So if you want to send us another one of those, you can hit us up at hi at whatifpodcast.com. And again, if you've been enjoying the show and you want to do us a really quick favor, it would mean the most if you went on iTunes, left us a quick review, and uh, and told a friend or two about the What If Podcast. Uh, speaking of which... What's going on? Let's start the show. Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. I watched a video today of a of a two praying mantises getting it on, and uh, the the lady mantis just ate the entire head of the male praying mantis, and he continued fucking this other praying mantis for like another five minutes. This is the What If podcast, <laughs> and that is one hundred percent how we're starting the episode. He this had week. no head, <laughs> and he was still getting after it. Wow! Wow! Because apparently they have a secondary brain for situations just like that. Mantises have a secondary brain that allows basic bodily functions to continue when they don't have a head. But only the males? I don't know. Okay. I got really grossed out and there was no good audio, so I moved on. Uh, it will make sense to you all why Spencer was <laughs> trying to pull audio from Praying Mantis Planet Earth videos. I, I teased the uh, the giant Praying Mantis UFO story last time. That's true. I'm just saying it'll make more sense later right, once right, we right, right. fully dive into that story. But that was too wild for us to not <laughs> to not start. You know why uh, I was why I was watching all of kinds that. of crazy shit today? Why? Ancient aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> or sort of. Dude, I'm just going to go back and forth between these two for the whole episode. Yep. Explain it to me. Ancient aliens. That's real. That's, I mean, that's the answer to everything. Since you superiorly dropped the ball and didn't hit a single audio drop last episode, we got to make up for Sometimes it. Sometimes I get, you know, <laughs> when we talk about things like UFOs and aliens that I get really excited about, I forget to do the other half of my job. You, you just, then you got to pass the board to me so I can hit the audio drops and, All right. and play games telling you we gotta get machine on your phone oh. so that you can bring stuff we got two more inputs 
you can surprise me with random drops. Wait, is that a real thing we can do? Yeah, it's like five bucks. Download it right now. Uh, okay, next week, definitely having my own <laughs> audio board, and that is going to be incredible. Yeah, and you can start making beats, too. Oh, yes. Why not yep. both? Um, hi, everybody. This is the What It Podcast. Uh, if you haven't sussed out thus much so far it today. A, it was quite a sentence. <laughs> Talking is hard sometimes. Talking is very hard, especially when we do it as often as we do. Um we're back this week. Uh, last week we started an episode. Um, this week will still make sense if you haven't listened to last week's, but if this is your first time joining us for the show, I highly recommend you start with uh, part one last week just to get some context. I mean, or you're just going to hear a bunch of really crazy UFO and alien stories for about an hour, and that might be fun too. <laughs> that you also know? might I be fun. I wouldn't be mad at that. But there are other really good uh, alien and UFO stories that we told last week as well, True. including Big Mike. Oh, Big mic update. <gasps> so, first of all, I found... Did you watch that video I sent you? Because I, I found a, a video of, of, of Big Mike being interviewed about his time in the in the Navy, I think. Yes. And some weird government conspiracy alien shit that he yes. experienced back then. Oh. I also have an email out to Big Mike requesting that he come talk to us on the show. Spencer is physically crossing his fingers right now yes. as he said that sentence. That wasn't for the listeners, but thank you for sharing that I just, him. I'm just letting them know. That was know just that. for myself and for the ether. <laughs> I'm letting them know how intensely you are genuinely hoping that we get a message back from Big Mike. So yeah, am I, so man. So we'll, am I. We'll see. But yeah. uh, I've put it out there. Hopefully he hits us back. Yeah. That won't make sense. Go back to uh, part one of this episode and listen to true, Big Mike's story. It is uh, it is really fascinating and phenomenal, and we hope we can get him on the show. Um, but we are, we are talking about part two of what if you saw a UFO. Uh, we intended it for... For, we intended for it to only be a one-part episode, but I feel like we could probably just do like 15 hours on this topic. I was going to say, I, I'm just trying to like <laughs> subtly steer us into now doing a UFO and alien only podcast. Um, so I'm just going to week after week, just keep extending this out until we're on, you know, part 614. Our, like 30 episodes from now, it's just going to be like... Have you ever heard of uh, Have you ever heard of ancient religions and art forms with aliens? Like just appended to every ancient. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think today we should just run through a bunch of cool UFO and alien stories. We do have some pretty wild, fun stories to tell. Well, I'm I'm gonna work my way from least crazy to most crazy. Okay, and. You can stop me and intervene at any point. At, at any point that I'm like, this is too crazy. I need to tell no, my story. No, or like if yeah, or if you have a story that fits somewhere along that scale, because like the true professionals that we are, we have not compared notes whatsoever before starting this episode. We also though we have said that we intentionally do this because it's more fun. That if way. you tell me the story that you're going to tell me on the air, and then I already have my new reaction to it, then right. on the air it's like, yeah, and then this happened. Right. Um. All right. Well. I have a strong sense that your shit's going to get real weird real quick. <laughs> so my initial inclination is that I should tell my story very first, but I think I'm going to wait. I'm going to let I'm, you tell I'm your gonna first couple. I'm going to start with uh, a fairly tame one okay. as far as UFO stories go. Okay. We, we we told some relatively tame ones last week, I would say. Phoenix Lights. Familiar? Yeah, we should tell okay. this one. It's a good one. Um, I think it's interesting just in that it's one of the most widely witnessed <laughs> UFO events. Yes. There were... Thousands of people that all saw roughly the same thing and over the course of several hours yep. and over like a really long distance to a distance yes. of almost, it was like 300 miles yep. from 
Mexico all the way into Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, this was in 1997, March of 97, and thousands of people saw a huge, They said, the average was somewhere around a couple hundred yards across. Yikes. V-shaped uh, craft moving very slowly, sometimes at very low altitudes, mm-hmm. not making any sound. And it had five lights on the bottom of it. So if you can imagine sort of like a, like a boomerang, yeah. but, but that comes to more of a point. Yeah. It's like, uh, like imagine, um, one singular light far away. And then on the other side is like five in an arc almost. Or like a, uh, like a carpenter's square mm-hmm. turned at, a, at an angle. It's like that. That's fair. And then on the bottom of it, there were five lights running along it. Yeah. Um, and it was witnessed by thousands of people. Tons of people filed reports, called police. There were f- photographs and video of it. Yeah, we know this is an audio podcast, but like, go just literally go on YouTube and search Phoenix Lights right now. And if you've never seen it, it's a it's it's in it's good video. It's an interesting yeah. site. Um, the governor of Arizona was one of the witnesses mm-hmm. who initially kind of mocked and ridiculed it and held a press conference in which they had one of his assistants dress up in a really shitty alien costume and pretend to be the person responsible for it. They like put the alien in handcuffs and was like, take him away. Yeah, and they just sort of, they sort of mocked the whole thing that thousands of his constituents had seen the night before, which is probably not the best idea. Right. Just from a PR standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he has later come out and said that he did see it and that his conclusion is that it was most likely extraterrestrial yeah that he that he which i think is a really interesting one too because if you think about uh people who've seen ufos like you and i not that you and i have seen them but average ordinary citizens if you will who've seen them get given explanations sometimes right so somebody reports it and they're like i saw x in the sky and a quote-unquote official body goes oh well it was this you know, and and we'll talk about a list of those later. Well, and even in this case, the Air Force did give an explanation saying that it was a type of uh, illumination flare or multiple yeah. illumination flares that had been dropped um, at a nearby Air Force base. So it's Luke Air Force Base. Right. Um, and they, they basically said that they would have been visible for many miles in all directions, um, that they do fall very slowly, and... That, so it's a it's a flare with some sort of like parachute attached to it oh, so that crazy. it falls slowly. But they said that because if the flares are burning under the right and under the right atmospheric conditions, that that heat rising from the flare actually makes them stationary almost can can cause them to like kind of stay stationary or even rise hmm. at times um, because of the of the heat. That's interesting. Um, sort of a like a hot air balloon yep. type of effect. Um, but that doesn't explain a lot of what people saw that night. It wouldn't explain them moving as one object. Right. They wouldn't have been visible over a 300 mile range unless you were dropping multiple sets of flares over that area. Yeah. Um, they probably wouldn't have been visible for like five or six hours. Like people reported. Yeah. That's the one thing I thought about it. I actually, um, when I was looking up the Phoenix lights, I looked up a video of a plane dropping these exact type of flare. Oh. Um, which exists online. And it's actually really fascinating to watch it happen. And they do look somewhat similar. 
But like the way that they're dropped, like you watch this airplane drop one, drop two, drop three. And by the time it gets to number four, the first one it dropped has already sunk noticeably in the sky. Not by like a significant margin, but definitely like it's sort of falling. They're not aligned. They're not aligned. And and when you look at the video of the Phoenix lights, they really look like an arc, like a halo, uh, like right. or like a half a halo or whatever you want to call it. Um, and to your point, like they were up there for like hours, yeah. four or five, six hours, just chilling over this city, mm-hmm. um, which I think. Well, and it wasn't just over Phoenix either though. It was all the way, right, they were right. getting reports all the way into Mexico. And I mean, it was a huge, huge area that people saw this over. Right. And you're, you're not gonna be able to see a flare from 300 miles away. Yeah. Um, so I think that one's interesting just in that it's, I mean, it's pretty tame on the, the scale of lights in the sky to having a human Being alien abducted. hybrid baby. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's interesting in, in that thousands of people saw it. There's video and photo evidence of it. Yep. Um, some very credible people right. saw it and reported it. That and would, it's it's relatively recent. I mean, within, you know, it was 97, 20 so 20 years. 20 years ago, but compared to some of the other stuff that gets reported and tossed around out there we have you know those people are all still around for the most part and the sure. video is somewhat watchable and yeah it's pretty decent quality and to your point about um about there being respectable sort of witnesses and like people in power or whatever i do think that um for a guy i can't remember the name of the governor at the time but the guy who fife symington Fife Symington? Yes. Fife, Fife Dog was, was governor Wow, at the wow, time. wow, wow. That's a cool name. Mm-hmm. Fife Symington. Oh, <laughs> why not me? Why not me, man? Our, our podcast would have so many more listeners right away just because it would be like, brought to you by Fife Symington. And people would be like, fuck yeah, that guy's awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that you being British or is that British lady announcing Fife Symington? That was British lady okay. saying, okay. you know. Gotcha. Maybe maybe every time we have a guest from now on, we should just call them Five Symington. <laughs> I bet Five Symington wouldn't appreciate that. That's true. Maybe we should see if we can get him on the show. Uh, um, but just that somebody like that in a position of power who would be getting—I mean, as a governor, you're probably getting information, updates, etc., from your local bodies. I mean, if there's something like that happening, or reports are getting called in, police are talking about it, or whatever. Like, I feel like you, as the governor, are probably going to be a person who's like, "Hey, this is happening in your city." Here's what's going on for him to eventually come to the conclusion that he was like, like he made fun of it originally and then was like, yeah, I'm not so, I'm not so sure. Except that he says that he also saw it. That, but that's what I mean is for him to say that there being a quote unquote official explanation for what, what, what happened and for him to be like, no, I saw it. And even in the face of the explanations that I as governor would have received, I still think that's wrong. And I think it was something else. But he was just, there was too much pressure for him to say that at the time when he was actually governor. Like he would look like a loopy, you know, yeah. a loopy dude yeah. if he if he had acknowledged what he thought originally. Um, but yeah, I think I think in terms of credibility, as far as that goes, that um, he's, he's certainly an interesting case for sure. All right. Started with an easy one. Yeah. Started That's kind of all there is to that one. Started from the bottom. There is a... Uh, <laughs> There's a documentary out there about it somewhere. I think it's available on YouTube. That's that's mm. pretty good. And has interviews with a lot of those people that, that were witnesses, including Mr. Simonton, and Sweet. has some of the, the video footage that we were referencing. Okay, cool. It's worth checking out. We'll put a link on the website. 
Is this uh, – I, I don't know. You want me to keep working my way up? I don't know how far you're about to jump, but All I kind of want to know. All right. I feel like the first like the first four words will tell me, and I'll be like, all right, all right, hang on, i got to tell mine. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, we're going back to 1964, Vandenberg okay. Air Force Base. Okay. Where is that? Uh, come on, man. Can't ask me questions about stuff. Vandenberg Air Force Base. Keep I'm, I'm going to say it's in... Oh, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. I do I do actually know this. Good. This was uh, this was in California. Where in California? Along the coast somewhere in California. Vandenberg Air Force Base, California. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Um, and this story centers around a man named Dr. Robert Jacobs, who... For the Air Force, his job was to film missile launches cool. in order to monitor how they were performing. So how well the engines were performing, the staging of it, etc. And he was up on this mountain range uh, several miles away from where they were launching the missile one day with this huge telescopic camera. Camera lens, sure. So it, like, it was literally a telescope with a camera attached to the eyepiece. Are you saying, wait, I'm sorry. Are you saying this is his job, like his job job? Like he's being paid to do this by the military or this No, is... he was like 19 or 20. Okay. He was in the Air Force. This was his current post. Got it. Yeah. Um, so he's out there filming this missile launch. And he turns in the film, you know, puts it, puts it in a can, hands it into his supervisor. Yep. And uh, the next day he gets called into this this meeting with his supervisor and two CIA gentlemen. And they play him the recording that he had made the day before. Interesting. So they hook up the film, the, the projector, they play it for him. And what he watches is this missile um, about moving about 7,000 miles an hour, and it's... At sort of the the peak of its of its journey, so it's out near like the upper edge edges of our atmosphere. It's way yeah. out there. And this missile was equipped with a so a, a dummy nuclear warhead. Okay, so it's very much a test. So they were testing this missile that would be able to deliver a nuclear warhead, Got but it. there was not one on it. Got it. And so he sees the missile. He sees the the two stages of of it separate, and he sees this dummy warhead released, and like almost immediately after the the dummy warhead is released, coming into the frame, he sees a UFO traveling at roughly seven thousand miles an hour because it's pacing itself with this with this missile, and the UFO. Circles makes a three like a full 360 degree lap around this warhead and fires four beams of light at it. So like one on the top moves to the side, fires one, moves to the bottom, fires one, moves to the, the other side, fires one, and then flies out of the frame. I feel like because this happened in the 60s, there's not video of this. There's not. Yeah. Because... The, the two CIA agents. Because the CIA has it? <laughs> yeah, confiscated it. So he, he was ordered. Freedom of Information Act. So they first asked him, uh, what the fuck is this film that you gave us yesterday? Were you messing around? And he said, motherfucker, why don't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, uh, you guys developed it. 
I haven't even seen it until right now. Like, no, I wasn't messing around. It seems like not a thing to do with nuclear missile test launches as a 19-year-old in the Air Force. Generally sounds like a bad idea. Um, oh, and so after the, the UFO, sorry, I skipped ahead. After the UFO fired these four beams of light, the warhead failed and fell. So, But it the, wasn't it a dummy warhead anyway? Right, but like they managed to whatever, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever, like, propulsion or anything attached uh, to it. Just, like, fell out of the sky. It just dropped like a brick. Whoa. Um, Dude, that's so weird. So they <laughs> took the tape. They were, he and his supervisor were told never to reference it again, which I don't know. I mean, he's going around on camera referencing it all the time now. I mean, were they, I mean, you can't, like, arrest him for saying the CIA told me not to say I saw something and I did, right? I, uh, maybe that's I, part yeah, of a probably contract can. they sign. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah I'm right. sure you yeah. can. I would guess you have to sign some and, sort of a non-disclosure agreement of yeah, sorts, at, at least. Yeah. Um, I guess but there's there's a whole and the unacknowledged doc that we watched last week got into it a little bit, but there are many many cases of UFOs being associated with uh, nuclear warheads and nuclear bases and missile launches and tests and disarming things before they can launch and there's a, this whole history of ufos and nukes that we don't have time to get into on a one-hour podcast episode but a lot of people have speculated that or have allegedly been told by aliens that <laughs> the reason for them be for the aliens being here is because of uh humans ability to produce nuclear weapons and basically like we dropped we dropped nuclear weapons in the early 40s. Roswell happened in 47. Seven. So after we'd already we, dropped the, nuclear bombs for the first time. Which was 45, correct? I believe yeah. Hiroshima was 45. That was the end of the war. Let's not sound too stupid and look it up really I'm pretty quick, sure it's 45. But, yeah, I think so too. Um, and then, yeah, so the it was public knowledge by 45. Other countries were catching up by later in the 40s. Uh, and then the, the UFO flap kind of immediately followed that and uh, a lot of the contactees of the 40s 50s 60s reported you know getting messages from aliens along the lines of uh hey can you guys be cool yeah can you can you be cool for a fucking second you're ruining the planet and yourselves <laughs> and you might be messing things up for the rest of us hey guys uh can you put it in check before we have to put well, you in check <laughs> because the u.s and the russians were doing all sorts of insane tests with nukes too it wasn't just the bombings at hiroshima and nagasaki and it was we were testing nukes in space just to see what would happen dude the russians were making giant giant nuclear bombs and blowing them up just to see like how much shit does this destroy how big can we boom? I read an article yesterday about uh, food and like beverage rations that were placed near nuclear tests. Just Yo, to I see, saw this. Just to see if they were still consumable afterwards. I think it was on Reddit. That's probably about the, the dude whose job it was to test the beer that was next to the nukes. And beer is cool, you mm -hmm. guys. Yep. You guys. So if your beer gets nuked, it's still fine. I'm drinking one right now. Did you nuke it first? <laughs> No, <laughs> okay. but I could have. Ryan and it would still be. Okay. Ryan is capable of drinking regular beer out of a can, is what we just concluded. And and if it had been irradiated, I could also still drink it. 
Um, I, so I nukes find, and UFOs is a thing. I find that really fascinating from the timing of it all, like the timing of the original, uh, the original nuclear bomb going off in our society. I mean, I guess, well, we had to have been testing them before Hiroshima. No one knew about it. If we were, had we not, had we not actually detonated one until we hadn't, I remember, I don't think so. I remember seeing something about like, uh, there being a thing about Japan being on like imminent surrender almost, and that uh, the Woodrow Wilson decision to drop the atomic bomb on Hiroshima was partially like we made this thing and we think it does a lot of damage, but we know they're gonna surrender soon anyway, so we might as well drop it and see what it does. Okay, there was a test prior. <clears throat> was it here? Where was it? It was in New Mexico. Okay. On July 16th of 45. So but that was the first one. That was the first test was July 16th, 1945. And then the bombing. Hiroshima was in uh, August of that same year. Okay. So they so tested it like, month to month. Yeah. A couple weeks prior. That to me is kind of fascinating that like the UFO phenomena really took off after that incident. And that there is sort of a connection around that. Well, Yes and no. I mean, it depends on how much credibility you give to the earlier reports of weird things in the sky. Sure. Um, that narrative caught on then. Yeah. But it wasn't part of public knowledge prior to that, obviously. Right. Right. You know, it would have been crazier if aliens had come to us in the 20s and said, hey, uh, that thing you guys are going to do like 25 years from now? Don't do that. Please don't, hey, because don't do it's going to mess up things for everybody. But God, That would have been so much cooler, though. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Except then, I don't know, maybe we wouldn't have. But uh, Today, well, still then, uh, Vandenberg Air Force Base is located north of Santa Barbara and south of San Luis Obispo. Uh, in Northern California, and okay. is currently one of SpaceX's launch uh, locations. Oh, word. They have public viewings of live missile launches and tours of the base uh, that happen on a semi-regular basis. All right. SpaceX, Elon hanging out with the aliens. You know he's going to be the first he's one trying to find to, them man. and tell people. Hell yeah. If if there is a massive cover-up of aliens, Elon's going to be the you first get one to, to the be bottom like, of it for us. Be like, guys, there's aliens. <laughs> He's just going to tweet it one day, and everyone's going to be like, holy shit, Elon. No, I mean, there's aliens. I saw them. I yeah. don't know what you want me to do. He's so matter-of-fact about so we many things. We colonized Mars, and then there were, there were some dudes there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wish we had video of that, but I know that there are interviews and reports of that, which uh, which is... Of what? Of oh, dudes oh, on Mars? No, 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 no. Oh. Of, of the, uh, the Vandenberg... Um, like there are people who were present and saw the footage and oh, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I mean they definitely documented it. Uh there were four hundred and twenty five people present. Seems like too many. Four hundred and twenty five people mm -hmm. who watched the missile launch. Oh nope, sorry, I misread that. Four hundred and twenty five people who were at the base the week. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were stationed at that base and didn't know what was going on? Because it was incredibly secretive. It was the the end result of a Manhattan project. Can you imagine if you're just there that weekend and then a fucking nuclear bomb goes off? Oh, you're talking and about no the one test. gave you a heads up. Oh, oh, oh. There oh, were four hundred and twenty five oh. people on the base. 
I'm assuming some or most of whom this is in New Mexico. Yeah, didn't okay. know that that was what they were doing there. Dave, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you got to assume the world just ended, right? A hundred percent. You have 100%. no frame of reference, no context. It literally has never happened before. Also, do you not just, you're in the middle of World War II. Do you not assume you're you just lost. getting bombed, yeah. like, right. aggressively? Right. Jesus Christ. It was, uh... Dave, run! <laughs> run! <laughs> oh, fuck. And now we're just making jokes about nuking things. It's, look. I, hey. We're sorry. Sometimes it gets weird. It's been bad. All right. Uh, is it your time yet or should I keep going? I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm kind of curious. Mine is, okay. This one is, this one is pretty tame. I will say this is pretty tame. That's I'll tell the my story. last halfway reasonable one I have. Okay. Then I'm going to tell my story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cause mine is also halfway reasonable. So I'm, uh, I'm a little bit, I, I'll do this. I'll tell mine and then we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with the all the way unreasonables. Perfect. And, uh, and, and we'll, Perfect. and we'll go from there. Um, so this one is actually the most recent, like, legitimized sighting that I've seen. Uh, oh, you don't read the blogs that I read, bro. I mean legitimized <laughs> in a way that I guess I would personally identify as, like, legitimized. Um, you calling Big Mike illegitimate now? No, I love Big Mike forever. Okay. He's my best friend. <laughs> He's my best friend forever. Sorry. Carry on. It's, it's your story time now. I'll shut up. Um so this uh, this video, there's video, which is always great, um, came out in January of 2017. Okay. So this year. And the video itself was taken on November 11th of 2014. And it was taken off the west coast of Santiago, Chile. Okay. And uh, it was taken from a Airbus Cougar AS-532 Navy helicopter. Airbus Cougar. What yeah, a bro. fucking name. Uh-huh. Um, I love it already. Yep. And there right, were... So we're, we're in Chile. Yep. We're, we're riding a big flying Cougar through the sky. Indeed. We're we're in the we're in the navy. Did you say uh, we are in the Chilean navy. Oh, Chilean navy, even yep. better. Okay, the, the Chilean navy off the coast of Santiago. And uh, all right, the purpose Take of our, the purpose of our flight today is to test a WESCAM, a Westcam MX15 HD forward-looking infrared camera. That was a lot of words that I did not think was going to end with camera. Okay. Camera. It is a Infrared camera that they have mounted to basically, you know, those, have you ever seen those like pivot cameras that are underneath like the base nose of a, of a helicopter? Okay. It's one of those, but it's like a super, super expensive out of this world infrared camera that is used for quote, medium altitude, covert intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance. And or finding Bigfoot in the jungle. (laughs) And or finding Bigfoot in the jungle. That's what I would use it for. Uh, Definitely. Which uh, they didn't actually find Bigfoot, but guess what? They found something else. Predator? Uh, Definitely not Predator either. Um, It was a clear afternoon. It was during the day. They were flying at 4,500 feet at 152 knots. And at 2 p.m., they observed a strange object flying to the left over the ocean. Oh, to the left, you say? (laughs) 
well, the left of... Uh, to their left. Well, they were flying north and to their left, so west over the ocean, I guess, okay. would technically be it. I just thought that was a funny detail that <laughs> probably has nothing to do with this actual story. To the left, to the left. Um, so the cool thing about the test is they're recording everything because they're trying to see how this infrared it's camera works during camera. the daytime. Yeah. So they want to be able to bring it back and show everybody, here's how it worked. And so they see this weird thing. They turn the camera to it, and it's already recording. And... Um, Basically, when you're a covert helicopter testing a brand new camera for the Chilean Navy and you see a sh- uh, flying thing you're not supposed to see, your immediate thing is like, oh, hey, guys, what the fuck is that and why is it out here? Uh, I was going to not- say they, they just bombed the fuck out of it. <laughs> I don't think they're that aggro. They're not the United States. You know? That's real. That's real. <laughs> they're a little less aggro than that. They don't get in nearly as many wars as we do. I think they probably ask a couple of questions first, like, hey, guys, what is this? Which is actually what they did. So they hit up uh, some radar stations along the Chilean coast okay. going, hey, what do you guys see? Because we're pretty sure we see something. Uh, and we love you to confirm or deny that. And unfortunately, the two closest uh, radar stations to the helicopter had no radar detection of what they were seeing flying through the air. Um, the interesting part about that is... What what did they see exactly? Um, I'm getting there. Okay. Um, but basically, air traffic controllers confirmed to them when they radioed down to see, hey, guys, we're seeing something weird. Do you guys have this on your flight plans or in your radar because we see it. Uh, Air traffic controllers said that no traffic, civilian or military, had been reported and no aircraft had been authorized to fly in the controlled airspace where they were testing because it was was like Navy airspace that they were testing this camera. So there's nothing was supposed to be there and whatever it was wasn't showing up on radar? Nothing was there or was supposed to be there, basically, according to the radar people. Right. Okay. So, Yes. Um, also the onboard radar on this crazy fucking helicopter itself didn't pick it up either. Okay. I did not know the helicopters had radar on board. Yeah. Little, little spinners. Okay. Um, but they could see it. And for what it's worth, and maybe the most important part about this is there is nine minutes worth of video footage of this happening through an infrared camera that you can go online and watch right now. I'm going to go ahead and do that while you keep talking. (laughs) Um, so uh, you can you can actually search if you want the phrase "groundbreaking UFO video released by Chilean Navy." And it's a long phrase. Can I just search well? Chilean I'm just saying that will get you UFO. exactly to the video that is in the article. I'm I love at. the amount of people that will put video after a search on YouTube. Oh yeah, I put Chilean UFO and it was like Chilean UFO video. YouTube, yes. <laughs> Isn't yes, that, I'm looking for videos. Isn't that exclusively what you guys do? Yes. That would be like going to a restaurant and reading the menu, and after it, like, fried food? chicken with mashed, pota- mashed potatoes, parentheses, food. <laughs> like, now, I'm pretty sure I know what that is. <laughs> All right. Okay. Carry on. I'm, I'm going to watch this video. Yeah, yeah. React however you need to when you see it. But um, basically... The, the helicopter, after realizing it's not supposed to be there, nobody sees it's there, their radar doesn't see it's there, they try to radio to contact it multiple times. They don't, it doesn't respond to them. Uh, they basically, uh, so infrared, as you know, detects heat as well. So this thing, it kind of looks almost like two Giant side- Giant flying Bigfoot? 
It does not look like giant flying Bigfoot. Um, He'd give off a heat signature. He's like flapping his arms. That's how Bigfoot flies, it's just by flapping his arms yeah, super dude. fast. They're really big. <laughs> He's so big. Um, no, it's Whoa. like, it's. That is weird. Yeah, it's like two almost like roundish hot circles next to each other because infrared detects heat. So the way that the actual shape is being made is from the heat that it's emanating. So you can see these two hot side-by-side, almost like horizontal circles. Now here's here's when it gets sort of extra weird, is they've been following this thing for uh, six-ish minutes with this helicopter. It's moving further away from them, but they're kind of trying to keep pace with it. They can also use the uh, the zoom function on the infrared to kind of drop in closer to it. So they're tracking with it and zooming in when they need to. Um, Wait, when does the second one come in? I'm only seeing one thing so far. Uh, there is only one UFO, oh. but at the eight-minute oh, mark of the video as they're following it, the, 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 two, uh, the two infrared lights emit this... This the article that I uh, am pulling this from says a massive plume of very hot material trailing behind the object, and if you watch the video, it's this spread across the sky that happens for like a not insignificant period of time. It's like thirty or forty-five seconds, and it's wide. It's kind of huge, and it's this plume of something that it like deploys through the sky, oh, and then weird. stops and keeps flying. So and that then, whatever that something is is. Hot, right? That's why it's showing up. Right. It's hot because it's uh, the infrared camera is picking up the heat that it's emanating. But there's no... really weird looking. But the crazy part is if you watch the video, they swap in and out of the infrared, and you can't really see the plume when it swaps out of the infrared. Right. But when they swap it back on, you can see this, like, massive trail. It's like, uh, we're not about to be talking about chemtrails in here, but for those who think about what a chemtrail looks like... It's like says a, we're not going to talk about chemtrails. I mean, maybe eventually. Uh, but it's like a wide plume straight through the sky for 30 or 45 seconds at a time. Wouldn't, wouldn't like an airplane or something do that too, though? Anything putting out heat, right? But the weird part about it is it only happens for small bursts of time. So it's just, as it's flying, it's just these two weird orbs that are side by side and are that are visible to the naked hot. eye. That are consistently hot, but then when they swap into infrared, it's randomly leaving 45-second yeah. trails of heat through the sky. Has anyone, are there any hypotheses about what this thing is? So the kind of cool part about this story that is like maybe my favorite part of it and why I think it's one of my favorite sort of sighting stories is because the only reason that we have nine minutes of video from 2014 is because Chile essentially gave up after two years of trying to figure out what this was and was like, you guys got any fucking ideas? Because we super don't. <laughs> like, literally... Dude, why don't... Why doesn't everyone do that? Why can't all of our governments do that? Wish they would. They basically confirmed when they released the video. They publicly released the video. This didn't get leaked. Chile yeah. was like... Hey guys, some really fucking weird shit happened, and we'd love it if you could give us a hand. So I was gonna ask earlier why it took so long for the footage to come out, but it's because they were trying to figure it out. They took two years and assembled a panel of nine experts who were like all knowledgeable in air traffic and airplane identification and all kinds of shit. And they were studying it and watching the footage and breaking it down and researching it and asking other people. And at the end of it, like no one really has a good answer in Chile. So they were like, 
Can you guys? And, and no one else has either in the last six months not or whatever so far, it was. Not as far as I was able to find out. So it's one of the better, uh, one of the better, like we have nine minutes of video of this object doing some weird shit that no one can identify and no one knows what it was or why it was supposed to be there. Explain it to me. Yeah. <laughs> it just might be. Solved. It just might be. The riddle has been solved. Anyway, uh, Google groundbreaking UFO video just released by Chilean Navy or some shorter version of that. That uh, Remember to put video at the end, though, otherwise it'll bring up a PDF describing it to you. <laughs> Parentheses, video. I need the video. Um, let's, uh, let's get extra weird. Weirder okay. than we've gotten after a quick break. You want, you, we just took a break. What are you talking about? We ain't take no break. We didn't take a break. We ain't take no break, bro. Zero breaks so far. Do you you feel like you you feel? I like just you, checked out. I guess uh, <laughs> you t you feel like your break was watching the Chilean we Navy just went, video. We just happen. went half thirty five minutes with no break. Yeah, man. What the? F I think I just got abducted and have some missing time. I swear <laughs> we took a break. This is how much uh, this is how much Spencer loves aliens. As it feels like no time goes by when we talk about UFOs. Well, shit. We should probably take a break then. Let's take a quick break, uh, and um, we're gonna come back in a second, and we're gonna really see how weird we can <laughs> we can get uh, by the end of today's episode. Uh, it's the What If podcast. We want to hear from you. Send us a message. Email hi. That's h i at whatifpodcast.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614. No lies born today. What if it were true? I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of lies get born every time we do this. Dude, do you think I can justify spending like an afternoon to a full day just watching Ancient Aliens? to pull sound from it because i spent about five minutes on it today and i found ancient aliens <laughs> and what if it were true i i feel like yes but it might just end up being you pulling like 26 minutes of a 30 minute show <laughs> like you're just gonna be like our podcast this is all hilarious man our podcast is now just <laughs> it's just reactions to ancient aliens we're just sitting here and watching an episode of Ancient Aliens and react to it. Dude, that's entirely what that Action Bronson show is on Vice. Have you ever watched that oh, before? Oh, yeah. Where they put the Ancient Aliens on the green screen behind them. And I they haven't just watched it, but I remember now that that was a thing that they were or are doing. They, I think they still do it. They They're, just get super baked and watch episodes of Ancient well, and Aliens. And they'll never run out because they make somehow three seasons of that show every year. Is it still coming out? Oh, yeah. Really? I thought they were going to run out of stuff after like the first month. It was supposed to be a mini series, and now they're on season fifteen or something. No way. I, how could they, I might be exaggerating, but there are a lot. How could they possibly still have stuff to talk about? Ex they never did. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you start by making it up. Uh, it started in two thousand nine. It wow. is still going. They wow. are on season twelve. Good. Episode Lord. seven is the most recent one. How many episodes per season are they doing? Uh, that's a good question. Let's see. Season 11 was... 15. 15 episodes. Okay. So they've done 180 episodes. I mean... That's 
fucking, I think they're an hour too. If we've ever been concerned about running out of material for the What If podcast, we need no longer because we, right? we ask hypotheticals about a whole bunch of crazy <laughs> philosophical and paranormal shit. They just talk about aliens and they've done 180. They had an episode that was just called The New Evidence. Uh, followed by Pyramids of Antarctica. Yes. Show it to me. Explain <laughs> it to me. You know how you explain it? Ancient aliens. I suppose that has to be the answer Dude, every time. If that's so the name good. of your show, right? So good. All right. Um, we are back. It is the What If Podcast. We're talking about what if you saw a UFO. We did a part one last week where we talked about a whole bunch of UFO stuff. We're going to get into some actual aliens, goddammit. Uh, we haven't talked about any humanoids or nordics or reptilians or oh, grays boy guys Spencer just said a lot of buzzwords that got uh got him real hype right now yep so hype yep. right now <laughs> all right we're going to zimbabwe my friend uh, take take me to africa bro we're going to rua zimbabwe in 1994 okay uh and we're going to an elementary school all right the aerial school aerial mm -hmm. as in the school is in the air no, no, that's A R I A L, right? A E R I A L. Oh, this is A R I E L, like okay. the name. Okay, got it. It is not a skyscraper. Just checking it's not floating because <laughs> that would already be a UFO. Floating cities <laughs> is totally an episode we should do because that's a thing. All right. Uh, so there, we're at this elementary school in 1994. There are 62 students who are out at recess, and for whatever reason, the kids are basically unsupervised. Yeah. There's one adult kind of not really keeping an eye on these 62 kids. That doesn't seem like super far away from when we were in elementary school. That's a lot of kids and no adults, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and all 62 of these students witnessed a disc-shaped aircraft land in the field next to the school. What? They went over there to see what that thing was that just landed next to their school. As you do. And they saw a strange being get out and start walking towards them. 1994. 94. A being is walking at 62 elementary children. Yes. And they Whoa. described it as a small, like their height, totally black and not like black skinned, but like they, they described it as, as saying it looked like it was a shadow. Wow. And the only real detail they could make out about it was that it had uh, long hair. Oh. Right. You don't hear about aliens with hair very often. You unless sure it's don't. the Nordics who have beautiful blonde hair and help you with your math homework. Which we're still gonna get to later. My man. Been teasing it for two weeks now. My man. <laughs> we're gonna get there. So excited about it. Uh, all right, let's do it. So these sixty two kids all see this little black alien get out of its UFO UFO and it starts walking towards them. And yeah. as it's walking towards them, it sort of looks up and is like, Oh <laughs> shit, they saw me, didn't they? Fuck, they saw me. And he instantly, like, transports himself back behind the UFO. Tight. So he doesn't walk back there. He, like... Space jumps? Yeah. Sweet. Good for and him. And even when he was walking, a lot of the, the kids described it as saying it looked like he was uh, hovering or rolling. Like, he didn't take steps. He was just sort of gliding towards them. Sick. Stopped, saw them, and then, like, warped back behind his little UFO. Love it. All the kids run inside screaming. Yeah. Simultaneously, they yes. all get the fuck out of there. I bet. And they go find an adult, 
and they start describing what they saw. I need an adult! <laughs> yes, said 62 kids simultaneously. Uh, fam, that could happen to me right now, and I, as a fucking grown-ass man, would yell the phrase, I need an adult. And over the next few days, the adults, the, the teachers, the staff at the school tried to figure out what had happened. Did no adult see this? It was just it the was kids. It was only the kids. Wow. There was one adult out there, and she was not with the kids. Great job. <laughs> A-plus education, Zimbabwe. Doing the most. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it was only the kids, and the adults initially kind of wrote it off as, like, some weird story that the kids were telling or, like, a prank or something. Yeah. And then that night they started getting calls from a bunch of the parents saying, like, uh, <laughs> what the hell happened at school today? And my kid is terrified, and they're saying they saw an alien. And oh, like, fuck. So the school decided at that point that they maybe had to take it seriously. Sure. And they, they interviewed the kids about what they saw. They got another researcher involved who was actually John Mack. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, but I don't know why that name sounds familiar. He's a UFO, UFO researcher, and he's also a Harvard-trained uh, psychiatrist. Whoa. And so when he was doing this investigation, he was actually an MD and was on staff at, I mean, he still is, but was on staff at Harvard. Oh, shit. Um, and they sanctioned his research. Because some, some people complained, they were like, uh, do you know that this dude representing a university is out here like researching aliens and UFOs and they're like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, he's smart and he does good work and we let him do what he wants when he's not working for us. Yeah. So go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So let that man cook. So these, <laughs> yeah, so these stories started trickling in from the kids and a lot of them are videotaped. Whoa. And, um, I don't remember who it was originally, but I think it was BBC maybe did, uh, there's like an hour long TV special, with most of these interviews from the kids and a lot of their drawings and uh, interviews with the adults. And there's a ton of information about it out there. If you just search uh, Zimbabwe UFO or aerial UFO, you'll find it. There's also... Dude, that freaked me out when you said there's a bunch of video interviews with the kids. There ah. is. Yeah, there's tons. And a lot of them have now, because this was 23 years ago, a lot of them now are still talking about it. And there's a group that's been working on a new documentary about it that was supposed to come out in 2015 and is still getting pushed back. But they've found a lot of those kids now 20-some years later as and adults. asked them about it. And are asking them about it again. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So there's there's a trailer for that at, uh, up at, what is it called? Aerial Project or Aerial Phenomenon? And that's A-R-I-A-L? A-R-I-E-L Phenomenon. E Dot com. Oh, Ariel like the mermaid. Yes. That's the name of the school. It. Must be named after somebody named Ariel. What was the URL again? Ariel. Phenomenon.com. Ariel Phenomenon. Um, it says coming soon, and it's been coming soon for almost two years, so I don't know what's going on. I think they're trying to raise money to finish it. Man, that's But there's, another... a, there's about a five-minute trailer on their website that's Whoa. really cool and has portions of these interviews. Um, so what they described in these interviews... They saw. They said that they had first seen three objects in the sky, and the objects would sort of like blink out, disappear, and then reappear in a different part of the sky. And so some of the kids out at recess were watching these objects up in the sky, um, and they watched one of the objects move closer and closer to the ground, and then finally land in sort of this like brush next to the where they were playing. Um, and they weren't supposed to go over there. It was like this uncleared brush area that they were supposed to stay out of. Um, 
but it was only about a hundred yards from the kids. Okay. And <laughs> they saw a small man about three feet tall. Three, three, oh, I had this wrong initially. He appeared on top of the object. So he was standing like on the roof Sweet. Of, <laughs> of the UFO. Sweet. Um, the little man who was described as having a scrawny neck, long black hair, and huge eyes walked slash glided across the ground a short way towards the students. He noticed them, vanished, and reappeared at the back of the object. He then took off or like got in the craft. It took off and vanished. So that was the whole interaction. But some of the older students reported having some sort of telepathic communication with this thing, with this little three-foot-tall guy, while he was outside of the ship. And they said this is a because it's it's elementary school, so the oldest kid is like twelve, right? And you're going down to five year olds who saw this, yeah. And they were trying to describe one of the girls is basically trying to describe without having the words for it telepathy to the guy who's interviewing her, and she was saying, "I felt terrible, but I felt specifically terrible about." planet and what we were doing to it and and this girl is like seven and the interviewer asks her have you ever had you ever thought about that before and she said no like i didn't i don't know i like (laughs) i don't know anything about that Uh, i'm a first grader so and she said when i looked at his eyes i felt this way and had these ideas and (laughs) (laughs) and some of the younger kids especially the especially the black kids because this was a school of uh all different kids there was like a bunch of white kids and a bunch of black kids and a bunch of city kids and a bunch of whatever and uh some of the little kids especially the little black kids was were terrified immediately of this thing because they thought it was a demon who would eat them because apparently in there's this legend of tokolishish okay whatever i'm sure i butchered that but um, amongst like in their culture, there's this legend of a little like three foot tall black demon who eats kids. So they all thought it was that Whoa. thing and got the fuck out of there. The, the older kids stuck around for a little longer and had this telepathic communication with this thing. And this all happened in like a minute. Dude, this is tripping me right the so, fuck out. Yeah, if, if you out. Google it, you will you can find images of some of their drawings, and if you YouTube it, make sure you put video. Yeah, always. So you don't find the drawings on YouTube. If you YouTube it, they, you can find interviews with the kids and more of their drawings and oh stuff. Oh my god, what? Get the fuck out of here. So, John Mack went out there and re-interviewed all the kids and spent a few days out there. And his conclusion at the end of it was that they had had a genuine experience and that all of them, you know, if, if you have 62 kids lying to you, you would obviously know about it. Kids aren't that good at organizing no. bullshit. Hell no. They, they, they would fuck that up instantly. And they, they were interviewed separately as a group over a long period of time. And if you watch them, like those, the kids are not lying. If you listen to them talk, if you watch their expressions, if you watch them trying to like use their little kid brains to reason through this crazy thing that they just saw. It's pretty fascinating, man. I think it's, it's probably one of the best, best documented or like most unique UFO slash alien encounters that I've ever come across. Oh man. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> Ryan just has no words. Yo, I'm super tripped out right now, and I just checked out the website, and I got chills because I read the quote on the homepage from one of the girls who was at the school named Ta- Tamirira, who said, "Oh yeah, yeah." If there was one experience I would like to relive, it would be that particular experience. Yeah, man. I, I really hope that they. Oh man, this is bugging me out, dude. I really hope that they get some money to finish this, finish this movie up. Because I would love. I'm, I'm looking at their Facebook right now to see where. Oh shit! I have a Facebook message. Big Mike. Big Mike. Big Mike. Fuck! Not Big Mike. All right. Uh. It seems if they're like trying they're to, still if, fundraising. Is yeah, what their I'm trying whole to direct people says. to where to give them money and give them some myself because I want to see this movie get done. Okay, we are working hard in post production on the film. It's a grassroots effort with a few extremely dedicated people who have been working tirelessly. Stay with us because 2017 is going to be exciting. Well, I, I want to help you finish. There's a donate button on their website. <laughs> oh, okay. On the about. All right, cool. So go to Ariel, A-R-I-E-L, phenomenon.com, click on about. Oh, wow, they really hid that one. And then way down at the bottom, there's a PayPal donate link. Okay, cool. All right. Also, unrelated, uh, shout out to Gorder, who, while recording this, texted me, it is utter bullshit that I have to wait a full week for part two. (laughs) So. What's up, Gorder? Hopefully that was worth it. All right. Um, Gordon's a homie of ours who who supports the podcast fully, and we support him fully. Uh, and uh, maybe we'll send him an, an advanced edit <laughs> of it just to satiate uh, his desires. Okay, so bro, this is why we we got never mind. That story was some inside podcasting, but this is why we need to set up that Patreon page. Ayo, so y'all can give us money, and you don't have to search around for a PayPal donate button hidden on our website. And also so we can live record our episodes maybe and give them to you on Patreon. If you guys would be interested in that, let us know. Send us an email yeah. at hi at whatifpodcast.com or tweet us at, at whatifpod. If you guys think it would be cool to like, like we don't always, you know, yes, you guys get these every Wednesday morning. We do not record these every Tuesday night. That's not how this works. <laughs> uh, surprise. I don't think anyone's surprised about that. But Some more um, inside podcasting for yeah, you. Yeah, right. And obviously uh, we edit these too, uh, so there are minutes and things happening that don't make it to the show. So if you are interested in potentially seeing these live uh, when we're doing them, we could maybe make that happen. So I don't for know. Sure. If, you, if you guys are interested in that... Or any other things that y'all would be interested in. Yeah, real talk. If you guys if you guys want us to do anything or try anything, uh, hi at whatifpodcast.com. That's H-I at whatifpodcast.com. Or you can go to the contact page at what if podcast.com and send us a contact for for only ten dollars a month i'll share my bookmarks folder with you that's labeled weird shit (laughs) oh god (laughs) oh god i still think it would be really funny to do an entire episode that literally is spencer going into the hennepin county library and being like hey can you guys print my rental history for the last two years they don't keep it man really they don't keep it wow because i've wanted to i've wanted to go back back yeah And, uh, yeah, they don't, they don't, well, if they do, it's not public at least. You can't access it as a, as a library patron. You can't say, can you print my history so I can go back and look at it? Unfortunately not. That would be cool though. Um, I've got two more 
all the way fucking out there that I've been teasing for two weeks stories. So we should probably tell them. I'm already freaked out. Let's get weirder because that really freaked me out. We haven't gone into the abduction thing at all yet, right? Oh, boy. I don't don't think we did last week. Uh, Well, we talked about Big Mike mentioning that possibility. Right, but his his fucking story didn't get to that part either. And we talked about about Betty and... Oh, that's right. That's right. We did talk a little bit about uh, Betty and Barney Hill. Barney Hill, who who claimed that they did not have a great time in an alien spaceship. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Got two two stories. Yep. It's going to be a bit of a choose your own adventure. Which one do you want first? Do you oh. want 15 foot tall praying mantises from outer space? Or do you want the beautiful blonde haired space math tutors? Let's bookend it. We opened with praying mantises. We're going to close with praying mantises. So you We're want the blonde haired space tutors first? I guess so. Is okay. this a real thing? Where is this coming from? Great question. This is coming from Preston Dennett's book called Inside UFOs, True Accounts of Contact. Who is Preston? Preston Dennett is a UFO researcher okay. who I had heard of previously, but, you know, through listening to weird shit. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I first heard about about him on uh, Mysterious Universe. Shouts out to those guys. Those guys are cool. They were talking about his uh, his UFO healing stories. Which oh. Maybe they should hit up Mike. Big Mike had um, his healing story. So I, I went on Amazon and just tried to find one of his books, and the only one they had in stock was this one called Inside UFOs. So what he did, he curated, or he didn't curate, he collected 10 firsthand accounts of alien abduction. By collected, do you mean he grabbed them from other sources, or no, he actually- these are all, he is getting- Went to the source. Primary source material. Cool. And he's collected it in this book of 10 short stories, basically. All right. This oh, is boy. Taylor's Extraterrestrial Friends is the name of this story. Hi, Taylor. It's 1964. Oh, wow. Wait, how did he get primary source material from 1964? He talked to this guy who had this experience in 1964. Okay. I guess that was an old guy. People that were alive in 1964 are definitely still alive now. Well, no, I'm saying that was 63 years ago, so. Yeah, he was a kid. All right. All right. Um, he was a little kid. And his mom told him to go mail a bill. So he was walking down to the post office. It was like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And he said when he was walking down the street, all of a sudden everything was just totally silent and still, which is something that happens a lot in UFO and alien encounters, Ooh. which is often referred to as the Oz effect in case we need to reference it again later. OZ, like Wizard of Oz? Yes. Or? I just got the shivvies. <laughs> it's also a little, a little cold in here. Well. We'll blame it on that. <laughs> This is a this is a downtown St. Louis, nine okay. o'clock, on a, like a weeknight. So there should have been stuff going on. It's just totally silent. Um, and suddenly he has this very strong impulse that he needs to just look up. Doesn't know why, but he he just does it. And he said he couldn't see any of the stars that had been there a, a second ago. It was yep. like something was blocking him out. Yep. Um, but he could see the bottom of some sort of object hovering about 40 feet directly above him. Okay. And uh, he said he couldn't really discern how big it was or what shape it was because it was like so on top of him that he couldn't make out the edges of it. Okay. Um, but it but it blotted out the entire sky above him. Sweet. So he's standing there looking, stri- looking straight up. I should keep my face at the microphone <laughs> instead of giving visual cues for this story. <laughs> Demonstrating. Really pro shit around here. Uh, <laughs> He's looking straight up, and he can't see any of the sky. It's blocking out his entire view. Yep. Um, And suddenly, he is hit with this blinding beam 
of blue white light. He's having a very legit beat me up, Scotty. Yeah. His next memory is walking home. Okay. So he gets home and he says, I could tell, this is now a quote directly from Taylor. Yeah. I could tell something had happened to me. It was like I had a new awareness of myself, other people, other things. I suddenly saw, knew, and thought about myself in a clearer way. It was like not necessarily being older, but maybe being more intelligent. Hey, bro, was the thing that your mom asked you to bring to the mailbox an envelope full of LSD? (laughs) Is that possible? (laughs) Did you go on a trip you don't remember and come back like, I got it all figured out now? I mean, that's some pretty heavy shit for, I think he was nine when this happened. for sure. For sure. Um, Yeah, that's a weird thing to say. I mean, a weird thing to have like have This dude just had like a... Basically, an acid trip, <laughs> right? Without the acid at it, nine years old, it just all made sense after that. And there was blue light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he said, "I tried to tell my mother what happened, but the only thing she was concerned about was that I'd mailed the ele- electric bill, <laughs> and why was I an hour late getting home?" Sixties <laughs> parents. Yo, that dude. That sounds like my mom. That sounds like every mom. She's like, she's like, what? 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 Uh, did you mail the letter? I, <laughs> and where have you been for an hour? Sh- you shut your mouth, aliens. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Did you mail the letter? Yes. Uh, did anybody hurt you? No. All right, then get your ass upstairs and go to bed. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, uh, I'm playing my mama's nice as hell. I love my mama. So at that point, when his mom was asking, like, where the hell have you been, he put it together that he was missing about an hour of time. And A lot of missing time in these stories, man. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's very common. Very common. Um, and he said he had a profound feeling of enlightenment. Enlightenment, which again for a nine-year-old kid, like, what, how do you even process what that what is that or what that means? To you? Yeah, right. right. Um, and he said it was overall like a very positive experience. He wasn't scared, but he also didn't totally remember what happened. Sure. And um, he said over the next couple of weeks, more specifics started coming back to him. And he recalled being taken aboard that craft that he saw above him, where he encountered beautiful, human-looking extraterrestrials. Tight. He said they were tall, thin men with long, blonde, straight hair about shoulder length. And he had some conversation with them, um, and he started to call them the Nordics. Cool. Yep. Which is now, I don't know if this is the origin of that. I would guess it's not. But that, that is a considered a, if you looked at our, our chart of UFOs that I showed you before, or, or of aliens you that I showed you, Nordics are definitely on there. They're considered a race of, of ETs. Bro, I love the idea that like maybe like this one specific group of aliens, the first time they landed was in Norway and they're like, all right, like this is what we're supposed to like grab disguises of. And when they go to St. Louis, they're perfectly. like, everyone looks like this, 15 feet tall with like five foot no, long no, no, blonde these, hair. These aren't the 15 foot tall ones. Oh. They, these, these just look like- humanoid These are just blonde dudes inside a UFO. <laughs> That's the best part about Blonde the dudes. about the Nordics. It's just like guys, cool. That could maybe be from Norway or Sweden or something, or potentially millions of light years away. Yep. Um, they were all very handsome and very friendly. He said, "Sweet." I knew, quote, I knew we had conversations, but I just can't, couldn't remember what they were. They felt more like friends, or more than friends, they felt like family to me. Whoa, weird. Mm-hmm. Um, he then goes on to say that. It was not only a positive experience, but became sort of a turning point in his life. And 
after this experience, he started doing better at school. My man. This kid was real dumb. My he, man. He failed second grade. Oh, literally? Yeah. Whoa. And was like, was being told that he had all sorts of like learning disabilities and issues at school and was sort of like his parents were at the end of their rope with him at school. And the aliens were like, nah, we got you, fam. Yeah. They became his <laughs> uh, beautiful blonde haired space tutors and he started getting straight A's after that. Nah, bro, we got you. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We figured out math a long time ago, dog. <laughs> we got this. How you think we got this ship here, <laughs> motherfucker? We know we know numbers. Science, science real we got good. That. Um, he he also says my mother always claimed that from the earliest age I spoke a language other than English. What? And in second grade, he was sent to a speech therapist because he was speaking something that wasn't English at school. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, is he a hybrid baby? <gasps> is he a hybrid baby? He, he doesn't. He doesn't go that far. Okay. It does continue to get crazier though. So well, well, I'm gonna I'm plow ahead. Don't know how, but here we go. Um, he said this event. Quote: This event changed my life forever, and I credit it with who I am today. It set the tone for the rest of my life. I cannot stress enough how life changing this was. I suddenly had an insatiable desire to learn and to read. After reading our set of encyclopedias, my mother couldn't keep me out of the public library. Whoa. Yeah. So he has this experience that he says is enlightening and this life-changing event and then instantly s starts seeking out any and all forms of knowledge after previously being like a straight F student. Wow. And he's like uh, at this point 10, I think. Because he went to go mail a letter one day. Right. Because the electric bill was late. <laughs> um, so I was 64. He continues to have sightings and experiences throughout most of the rest of his life. Uh. Um, we jump ahead to 65, I think, and he's at his cousin's house, and they had just gotten this new swing set, and they're all playing on the swing set, and he was doing the thing where you hang upside down from your knees across like the, the top bar, and he said, quote, I felt something kind of dislodged from my nose. I didn't want to pick my nose in front of my cousin, so I went around to the side of the house and pulled this thing out of my nose. It was kind of like a shiny cylinder. It wasn't very large, maybe a quarter of an inch. And I just threw it on the ground and went back to playing. <laughs> At the time, I remember thinking, oh boy, they're not going to be able to find me now. I don't know why I thought that. Years later, I now believe it was an implant that had been placed inside of me during my abduction two years prior. <sighs> and I'm like... Bro, put it in a shoebox and keep it forever. He's, and he's like a at that point an eleven know, eleven year old just kid. Never get like eleven year old like, kids love, intentionally put stuff up their nose. Well, so there's also that that you could have been right shoving crayons up your nose when you were in. I just I always am like, oh, it just it's never enough. You know, it's like it's like that's a crazy thing to say, but it's Dude, not you're, like you're you're getting it. You're starting to get it. There are 10 million of these stories, and there's never, it's never quite enough. I'm going to leave Taylor's story there. Right. Um, he goes on to tell about other experiences he had as a teenager and into his 20s. And, yeah. Um, but we've been going for a minute, and I promised giant bugs from outer space. We started with wild stories about uh, chowing down while getting down. We're going to finish there, too. That was after our first break, right? 
<laughs> yeah, Spencer. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Speaking of man. losing time, Spencer, <laughs> Spencer is like. I've literally been in the studio for 12 hours at this point. And, uh, you don't know where you are. Alternately, what's just happening. like reading about UFOs and working on music, and I don't know what's happening anymore. All right, perfect. We recorded on Zelda. these same topics two days ago. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, so we have praying mantis, aliens, UFOs, both. Let's go. This is the story. Of Kevin. <laughs> Hi, Ke- Kevin. Kevin was stationed on a Navy ship. This is Macaulay Culkin. This is, uh, it's not Kevin McAllister, no. Kevin! <laughs> uh, we are in 1982. Okay. Kevin's in the Navy. Okay. And he's out in the uh, Pacific Ocean off the coast of the Philippines. All right. And he's talking to his buddy Larry. Sure. Kevin and Larry. My guys. Quite the duo. Yes, sir. And uh, Larry starts talking about UFOs. And he says that he's seen UFOs many times in his life. And Kevin's like, all right, uh, cool. Not sure why you just brought that up. It seems kind of kind of weird, but thanks for sharing. Cool, Larry. I'm going to go over here now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was sort of the end of that conversation. Yeah. Two days later, Larry comes up to him and he says, hey, uh, my friends took me to your house. And Kevin's like, uh, pardon? I'm sorry. Larry said, my friends took me to your house? Correct. While they're on a ship in the middle of the Pacific Ocean? Correct. Tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just uh, clarifying. Kevin is from Michigan. Uh-huh. He's not from the Philippines cool. or an island in the Pacific Ocean. And they didn't bring Michigan with them on a boat. Correct. So Kevin says, uh, would you care to elaborate on, on that weird <laughs> shit you just said, Larry? And I'm going to read now directly from Larry's quote, or sorry, from Kevin's quote. He started describing things about my house. He described a 1966 Ford Galaxy 500 that my parents had down to the specific stains on the seats. Um, I never had any pictures of that car, and he had obviously never seen the car. So I'm not sure how he would have been able to describe it or even know that we had owned it. Um, He started describing some of the furniture that was in the house and the carpet the details were far too accurate to, for him to be making this up. He described my bedroom. He had so many details and he had all of them so right, I started to wonder how he had possibly gotten this information. And he said that his friends had come and gotten him and taken him to my house. Okay, can I do, can I do two quick ones really here in the yes. spirit of what if? Yep. What, what if, if it were true? <laughs> Go on. Amazing. <laughs> Weird part was that synced with me yes, it did. asking the really question, weird. what if? Uh, what if, and I don't mean this pejoratively at all, what if Kevin is schizophrenic and that's a, I'm in the military as a young man far away from home and there's another construct that can tell me things about myself that I think is outside of me? You know what's a more fun version of that story? Ancient aliens. Yeah, okay. Ancient I aliens. kind of figured that's where that was going. All right. Uh, sure, but just wanted to put that possibility yeah. out there that... True. Thinking you that would, some part, some friend of yours knows a lot about you. You would think that the Navy would notice if you were schizophrenic. Though. That's real. That would be my one counter. You guys, Larry knows so much <laughs> about my home. Right. Uh, Kevin, who's Larry? You don't... What? You don't know Larry? <laughs> He's my 
bunk mate. Kevin, why don't you come in this room real right. quick? Yeah, okay. So, all right. I mean, all right. he's got to be relatively sane, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I just, you know, in the spirit of, I got to For sure. I gotta For sure. That's a question. All right. Keep, keep, keep it moving. Let's, where does Kevin go? So, Kevin says everything that Larry described to him was incredibly accurate, except that it was all at least 15 years old. Oh, cool. All right. So he's describing his house, his parents' house, exactly as it was 15 years prior. Wow. Interesting. Um, and so this is enough for Kevin to be like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here, but I would like to know more about what the fuck is going on here. And he sort of jokingly says to him, all right, then, well, I want to meet your friends. And Larry's like, all right, cool. I'll ask him. I'll grab my, I'll grab my 1982 <laughs> cell phone and so my ne- Zach Morris cell phone and call up the aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day, Larry comes up to him and he says, well, I talked to him and they said that they'll be more than happy to take you for a ride. <laughs> and Kevin's like, get yeah. out of here. Kevin's like, all right, uh, sure. Cool. Sounds good. When, when are they coming to get me? <laughs> Larry goes tomorrow. <laughs> so, so confident, Larry. Uh-huh. Um, so the next day they're, they're working together and they uh, they take a break to eat lunch. It's about noon, and <laughs> Larry sits down next to him, and he says to Kevin, "They're here. Go up on the main deck, and you'll see them." So Kevin walks up to the deck, and he sees a giant diamond-shaped object hovering alongside the ship at an altitude of about a hundred feet. It was he says it was the size of maybe six city blocks. So that's half a mile, six-tenths of a mile wide. I'm sorry, and no one else on this military ship saw this? Getting there. Okay. Um, he said it was... <laughs> cool. <laughs> he said it was the size of like a downtown area. It was huge. Okay. And it was glowing lots of beautiful colors. Tight. He also says, quote, it was the most beautiful thing I have ever seen in my life. Whoa. Um, he said, my ship was exactly 528 feet long and the diamond-shaped object was at least three times longer, probably much bigger than that. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, Dude, then, that would be so he overwhelming. He then turns to Larry and says, never mind, I don't want to go. That's real. <laughs> That's real. There were approximately 250 people on board the ship. Surely someone else had to be seeing this, he thinks to himself. Mm-hmm. And he sees uh, one of the cooks standing out on the deck, and he walks over to him. And he grabs his shoulder and is like, hey, man, uh, can you see this thing over here? And Tony, the, the chef, won't respond to him. He's just like staring straight ahead, not moving. Like he like doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. As, as if he were like frozen. Time had stopped for everybody except Larry and Kevin. Okay, I'm going to get real wacky on you for like one second. Please. I feel like... There, so I've heard some version of that as well. That like when people are having one of these experiences, they seem to like not disembody because that would be like out of body, but almost like out of time and place themselves. Okay. Like in the same way that the one that you just talked about is like the kid going, it was quiet in the city when it shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Like people, like their surroundings almost seem to like change in a way. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. Are you, I'm, are, you, I'm, are you saying it's maybe like a dissociative thing or no, I'm, I'm maybe more saying, well, maybe you could, I mean, you could call it that, but you could also say, is there, if I'm, if I'm fully going hypothetical on it, is there a way that like 
you as alien can expose yourself to certain people in sort of like focus ray that mode. Is, that is definitely, you know? a, definitely a theme. Yes. Where you can like put them into, you can experience us and we can experience you, but you can't experience the world around you and the world around you can't experience you. It's almost like yeah. dimensional or time or some yep. combo of the two. Totally. That, that, that comes up in many, many of these stories. That's kind of why I ask it is because I feel like I've heard mm-hmm. multiple versions of that. It seems sort of outside of the, like almost for a moment, people get pulled out of their time-space continuum. For sure. And it, it's like selective too. Yeah, yeah. selective, yeah. Um, next thing Kevin knows after trying to talk to Tony, the the cook who ignored him, um, <laughs> maybe, he's no longer on the Maybe deck. Tony just hated him. Well, he's like, fuck that guy. <laughs> He's no longer on the deck of his ship. Instead, he's looking down at it. Ooh. And he says, quote, all of a sudden I'm on this craft looking down and, and I can see right through the wall and right through the floor of the craft. Whoa. No matter where I look, I can see through it. I can see, I could see that it was solid around the outside edges, but wherever I looked, I could see through it in the center. And it was perfectly clear. It was like looking through a window. Huh. So if he, like in his peripheral vision, he can see that there are walls and a ceiling and a floor, but right. where, whatever is the... the focus of his is transparent cool um he looks down at the ship and he can see himself standing on the deck of the ship trying to get tony's attention so now he is having like a full-on out-of-body experience crazy um and he thinks to himself this can't be this can't be happening this can't be real no to which a voice inside his own head says yes it is we thought this is what you wanted (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh man. So that freaks him out for a second and uh no doubt. He looks down again and he's no longer looking down on his ship. They're now over some urban area. And he realizes that he's looking at the the downtown section of his hometown. Uh like, can, see we told you we've been here. Kankakee, <laughs> Illinois, his hometown. Okay. Um he realizes at this point that he can not only see through the walls and the floor of the ship he can start to see through the walls of the buildings around them. So they're approaching some building in this downtown area and he can see through it and he can see his dad sitting at his desk at work. So these aliens are taking him around to his dad's work. They take him to his parents' house and uh, he starts thinking to himself about how they had shown him his hometown or shown Larry his hometown. Yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. And now they're showing him his hometown, what seems to be Present currently. Day. Yeah. But that also, it seems to still be about noon. So they somehow traveled. If they're physically traveling, it wouldn't really seem possible that they went from the Philippines to Illinois. But the time of day stayed the same. In zero minutes. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, so they show him around the hometown, show him that they can kind of do whatever they want to do and he he asked them how do you know my parents why are you showing me all of this and they respond to him telepathically again and he says while they're talking to him he's too scared to turn around and look at them like he's he's he knows that there's somebody behind him somewhere yeah that he's communicating with he's talking out loud they're responding telepathically but he he can't bring himself to turn around and see who or what he's interacting with. Can I just say one thing really quick? Sure. This to me also 
rings kind of interestingly similar to some of the near-death experience stuff we've talked about. Of there being a presence, Voice of and leaving presence your body, you, seeing your own body. Seeing your own body, traveling from place to place in short periods of time. Oh my God, is Kevin dead? Is Kevin dead? <laughs> is Kevin dead? Did Kevin die? <laughs> Uh, yeah, did, I, I I had that thought too when I was reading Kevin's through this. Did Kevin's ship get bombed and he's like, no, because he's telling this story no, to uh, I Preston. I know, but 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 honestly though, like there are it, there, there are lots so of many similar elements of of like a controlling godly feature, taking you to familiar places, making you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. uh, being not in sight, but also very somehow physically present, seeing your own body. Yeah, yeah. There's some really interesting overlap. They then change scenes again, so they're not in Illinois anymore. And uh, he thinks to himself, my God, this looks like the moon. And then we came up over a ridge, and I will never forget seeing the North and South American continents and the globe off in the distance, just like you see from the pictures taken from the moon. Wow. So he's now apparently on the moon looking back at Earth. Seconds later... Isn't this what you wanted, Kevin? (laughs) Seconds later, they shift again, and he's now back in his hometown, but he's looking at himself as a child. Wow. So again, tie in with the uh, the near death experience stuff. There's often like a end of life review, right, or or something like that. Wait, wait, wait! Don't kill me! Don't kill me! Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> well, they then also show him another scene from his life, except it's in the future, and they show him getting into. He, he guessed it was probably about uh, ten years in the future based on how old he looked. Right. And they show him getting hit by a car on a motorcycle. Whoa. And he said, I assumed that they had just shown me how I die. Damn. Mm Mm-hmm. This is, like, so thorough. Yeah. Uh, He starts talking to them more. He still can't bring himself to turn around and look at them, but he's, he's talking to them. And he starts asking some questions about where are you from? And they told him the name of his planet. And he said it sounded like Zizu to Zizizit or something like that. That's in case you're keeping score at home. That's Z-I-Z-Z-U-T-Z-Z-I-Z-Z-I-T. Cool. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Great job, bro. <laughs> it and sounded like Skibakabapabapabuff. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, Kevin. How, really do, you, how do you spell that? Uh, he then asked, why are you here? And he, and they said, we have been here for a very long time. We are only here to observe. Okay. They then told Kevin that when humans discovered and began testing atomic weaponry, it caused them to pay much closer attention, and it also drew the interest of other ETs. Well, goddamn. They showed me mudslides and volcanic eruptions, hurricanes and floods, and various other natural disasters that were going to happen. And they said, these are things that are going to come. Deal with that how you may, Kevin. (laughs) You're going to die. There's going to be a hurricane. Hey, Kevin, check out this bad shit that hasn't happened yet. They also said, or he also says, quote, they told me the Roswell crash was true. I don't know what he means by true in this case. I'm assuming he means that those were aliens. Were in fact aliens, yeah. Um, He also said they told me they are getting, they interact with our government all the time and they are getting tech or we are getting technology from them. Tight. He says at this point, I still hadn't looked at them yet. I still didn't know what they looked like. And so instead of turning around to ask, to look at them, he asked them, what do you look like? They said, we don't look like you. 
Sometimes we might scare you if you look at us. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. I was wondering when we were going to get there. I should have known. <laughs> he said he had noticed at times that the room seemed to change size, as if the room he was in was sometimes huge, and it was sometimes just the immediate space around him. He turns around. Don't turn around, Kevin. And he says, Never sitting in three chairs behind him were three gigantic praying mantises. Yes. He estimated yes. that they were each about 15 feet tall. Okay. All right. They looked very much like enormous insects, <laughs> and their skin was a milky white color from head to toe. Whoa, weird. Their head was easily five times larger than a human's. Whoa, weird. Which he assumed enabled them to be so intelligent. <laughs> I yeah, noticed, bro, it was their head size. I noticed that when one of them turned his head to the side, he had a membrane covering the outside of the skull, and you could see through it and see what appeared to be gray brain matter. What the fuck, man? See, some of this shit is so weirdly specific. That's also part mm -hmm. of why these weird me out so hard. Also a weird one about this. He said he glanced behind <clears throat> him and saw some sort of console. It was like about chest high and about 20 feet long. And he said it looked really cheap. And by cheap, I mean something that would have been from a 50s sci-fi movie. It had a couple little TV screens on it. It had a few switches and dials, and there were maybe about eight or ten rows of switches. And there also appeared to be something that looked like hieroglyphics on it. Like, it's 82. You're assuming it's advanced technology, and instead it looks like something from the 50s? But why would it look fuck? anything like anything that we would use? Yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah, right. If if this were not coming from somewhere in your brain. He says, I thought to myself, even the sets of Star Trek looked more advanced than this. And he would be referencing the original, like, 60s Star Trek, I'm assuming. Sure. Um, he then starts getting really freaked out because now he's seen these 15-foot-tall praying mantises. And he also realizes that even though they seem somewhat friendly, he has been kidnapped by them. Yeah. And, like, can uh, I go home now? I'm really he, done with this. He decides that he wants to get the fuck out of there. Sure. And they ask him, would you like to go to our planet? Oh, and he's also super freaked out because he knows they can read his thoughts. <laughs> so like, don't be freaked out. I'm right. freaked out. Don't be freaked out. Too late. Too they late. Know. Shit, they know I'm freaked out. Um, so one of them asks, would you like to go to our planet? And, yes, and no. Kevin says, oh, shit. <laughs> Kevin says, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. He wanted nothing more. I wanted nothing more than, than to get away from these creatures and return back to my ship. I remember feeling like a trapped rat and I couldn't escape because I knew they knew what I was thinking. Um, if they were to, oh, and then he just, for, he goes back to describing them. He says, if they were to make themselves known on earth and they were doing some of the things that they were doing to me and the average person, they'd be treated like gods. Everybody would be able to accept them. I, I don't know. He says, at this point, one of them walked up to me and put his hand, and he says hand, not like claw. Pincher. Yeah, whatever thing, on my shoulder. And that's when I became really fearful and started trying to fight them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin's throwing bows <laughs> with a praying mantis. He said, I fought for a few seconds before blacking out, and what felt like seconds later regained consciousness lying in my bed on the ship. Wow. Thought to himself, could it have been a dream? And as soon as I as soon as he woke up, Larry walked in and said, 
Hey, Kevin, tell me about your ride. Pretty cool, right? I mean, that's... That's the best play. That's the best line you could possibly end that story on. Hey, Kevin, yeah. tell me about your ride. Oh, the only uh, the only other detail that's worth adding at the end of that is uh, he did indeed buy a motorcycle and crash it very much in the way that they had shown him. But although, although it was almost 20 years later. And non-fatal. Correct. He did not die. Wow, man. But he did shatter his leg and get knocked out. Wow, man. Inside UFOs by Preston Dennett. That's the guy. Contained those last two stories. Dude, um, do you, we just did like damn near three hours, and I feel like I could go forever. Three more at least. Well, maybe uh, we'll break things up with some other stuff, and uh, we'll come back with a part three and a part four of UFOs, and hey. we'll just keep it moving as long as we got stuff to talk about. We're going to be doing this thing for a while. I mean, real talk. Might as well. Might as well. What's. Um, do you want to see one? What, an alien? A UFO. Oh, yeah, sure. Do you want to see an alien? Uh, yeah. Do you want to be abducted by an alien? If that's... Can I do one and two without three? Yeah. Then I'd rather stop at two. Okay, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. If it's only three, I, I think I'd go for it. Oh, man. I want to know what everybody else thinks. What if it's just thinks. like the the like beautiful human looking ones, and they just want to have a space orgy? It's pretty blonde dudes that yeah. want to like touch you nice. <laughs> I'm in. Oh man, um, I legit want to know what people think because I wonder if people are like fucking full bore. I'll do it all, or if people are like uh, seeing lights in the sky is plenty for me. Thank I would you. guess I'm in the in the minority on that one. I but. don't know. Well, at What If Podcast on pretty much every social media channel you could possibly fuck with, and hi at whatifpodcast.com. If you want to shoot us a message, uh, you can also go to whatifpodcast.com, and uh, and you can learn about us and a bunch of other stuff on there, too. Um, and you can also contact us and send us a message through there as well. Tell us how you feel about UFOs, guys. And we'll come back next week and talk about some other weird shit that's probably not UFO-related. <laughs> At least for sorry one. if you hate UFOs and we just spent three <laughs> hours on it. Don't worry, we we keep it uh we keep it mixed up all the time. So we'll uh we'll keep it moving with another. Bye. <laughs> we'll keep it moving with another what if question next week on the What If podcast. It's my uh, new favorite drop, by the way. Love you. Bye. <laughs> we'll see you next week, y'all. I right, squad, be safe. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast. Learn more at www.whatifpodcast.com. Hey, real quick before we go, since we recorded this episode, we were able to get a hold of Big Mike and actually sit down and have a conversation with him about some of the things he's been experiencing. And we will be releasing that later on this week, probably Thursday or Friday. So check back end of this week for our conversation with Big Mike. Peace. Now look back up at the craft, and I'm screaming at this guy. Please don't take me. I don't want you to take me away. I'm afraid you're going to hurt me. I'm afraid you're not going to bring me back. I said, come on down here, and we'll go in and sit down. I got frozen pizza. I got stuff to drink. I'm serious. This is what yeah. I was saying. Yeah. Because the only thing I had keeping me awake was my humor.